guys. Welcome to my new podcast. Are you excited? Are you as excited as I am? Are you excited as I am? As I am? Are you excited as I am? Well, if you're excited as I am, then you're pretty damn zotted. This is my new podcast. This is my podcast. This is my new podcast, Table for One Dumb Boy, baby. We're about to get things started. What happened is, for some of you who may know who listened to the preview episode, it is no longer up because uh, I'm a big old dumb boy, as mentioned in the name of the show. So, no fault of mine. But I use some copyrighted music on it, and SoundCloud, with the quickness, rightfully so, took it down. So that is no longer up. But that's cool, because that was just a sneak preview, baby. We are in the fucking we're in it now, baby. This is episode one, official episode one. And we're just going to dive right into it. For those who didn't catch the sneak preview episode, though, this is a podcast where I... It's just a general podcast. It's really just a passion project for me to not go insane in my real life. I need something to do. This gives me something to do. Um, it's kind of like therapy for me. I just kind of rant and rave about... Stuff I do like, stuff I don't like, music I like, movies I like, stuff that pisses me off. That's a big part of it. Uh, For example, I play a lot of uh, PS4 online. Here's where you're going to judge me. Not because of the first part, but because of what I play online. I play a lot of GTA 5 online. And boy... (laughs) That's embarrassing in and of itself, but hear me out. Uh, The people that play this game online, you think Reddit trolls are bad or any kind of troll you've dealt with? Oh, boy. They ain't got nothing on the GTA online trolls, baby. These people get on there angry and just get pleasure out of uh, ruining somebody's day and upsetting people. Which is essentially what a troll is. That's what they do. A troll is somebody that uh, has no real friends. You know, they have online friends for sure. You know, that, you know, if they show any sign of actual emotion or human affection or empathy, it's a sign of weakness to their uh, other troll buddies that just, you know, fuel up on. Mountain Dew Gamer Fuel, which is just, that name says it all for that drink. I've had it. It's tasty. I have nothing against it. It's called Gamer Fuel, though. I don't know. I have nothing to add to that. Uh, It's very, it's a poor observation. I will say this, though. I have an idea for us to take care of these GTA Online trolls. What we do very simple. Do you remember the show? I don't know what show it was. It was like a Crime Stopper show or something. Cops would bait these people with warrants for their arrest by saying they won like a cash prize or a free TV. They'd get like a they go to a civic center, set up some free TVs and make it look like a, a little contest. Once they got everybody with the warrants there, they arrested them. It was hilarious. My idea I have is something similar to that for these internet trolls. What we do, same thing, 
prizes are a little bit different this time. You're going to have to do something like you give them a, you offer them like $500 cash, something to get them really hooked. Because these people are stupid despite uh, what they lead you to believe. Rope them in with about $500 cash. Get a check written out. You know, you don't have, you're not going to cash it because we're going to take care of them. And hear me out too. This is going to sound harsh. This is going to sound really harsh. But you got to like, you got to think about this. Think about how much better the world would be without these people in it. I, I think that's indisputable fact, honestly. We get them in a room. The real grand prize, though, that's going to suck them in, because the cash prizes aren't good for these people sometimes. They, 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 they might, you know, a lot of them are probably born into money. They're spoiled brats. So what we do is we tell them that they can fuck an anime character of their choice in VR, baby. Boom. They're sucked in. They get to fuck Sailor Moon in VR. And they get to be Cowboy Bebop. I don't know anime. I, 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 I just can't get into it. I've noticed the one... Hey, here's the, here's the thing. Um, if you ever want to hear somebody talk about anime uh, endlessly, if that's your thing, if that's something you want to hear, here's the, here's the passcode to get anime fans to endlessly talk about anime with you. Approach them and be like, hey, anime, not really my thing. Not really into it. That's the password. Then you'll never hear the end of it. You will be an encyclopedia of anime knowledge by the end of the night. That's for goddamn sure. So yeah, that's kind of what this podcast is. is me talking about euthanizing um, trolls. Because we get them in that room and we... uh. Put some gas in there. Put some uh, some uh, gas that will euthanize them, to put it lightly. I don't feel bad about saying that. They're bad people. Th- these people are the reason bad shit happens. These are your mass shooters, etc. These, these are not good people. That All they do is cause damage and harm. And it very, at the very least, all they do is just upset people all day online. So I mean, what they they're they're there's no use for them. So I don't want to hear. I don't even want to hear it. I don't want to hear about how that's uh that ain't right, cause it is right. I don't care how you are. That's funny. Yes, SoundCloud, take me down for copyright on that one, baby. Straight up stole that from the best in the biz, Larry the Cable Guy. I don't care how you are. That's funny. It is, actually. It is pretty funny. Been reading nothing but fake news lately. You're going to hear a lot of fake news on here. I love that. I love that fake news is a thing that a lot of uh, super stupid, you know, like right-wing people say now. I don't get, I'm not going to get super political on here or anything, but I do, I do think it's very funny that dumbass, like, hillbilly right-wing people, Trump supporters are like, yeah, that, that's just the fake news saying that Trump has endorsements from the Klan and white supremacists. That's just fake news. You know, you want to know what ain't fake news? You want to know what ain't fake news? Is that damn Muslim wizard Barack Hussein Obama wanting to put damn 
chips in our our brains so he can he can watch us uh fuck our fucking goats all day and our our pet goats and our our pigs he he wants to watch it he wants to put a a damn chip in our brain so he can watch us fuck livestock all day god that's some hack shit right there you have to excuse me this is a this is a dry run though you know Originally, I was going to play some music that was copyrighted in between, but I can't do that. But that's okay, actually, because I know enough talented people that, uh, you know, aren't very well known. And I'd like to put some of their stuff on here, too, eventually, you know. And that theme, the theme you heard, the song that was playing in, that was actually a band called The Weekend Blacks. Their music is not copyrighted, I know, because I had to scour the internet to find the four songs they put out like 10 years ago, if not longer. But yeah, that's a band a buddy of mine told me about some years ago. I found out from him. Been a fan since. It's this uh, guy that used to skate for Foundation Skateboards named Ethan Fowler. It's a band he started called The Weekend Blacks. Great band, great band. But yeah, what else we talk about, huh? We talked about the fake news. You know, today's January 5th. We're fresh off the holidays. You know what that means? It means I'm going to talk about my damn family. <laughs> Boy, let me tell you, you get them in a room. <laughs> you could write a damn sitcom. You, you should... <laughs> You could do your your bits about it. All you comedians out there, you could do a bit about them. You they ain't put them on TV. You know, and I'm telling you, TBS needs to get a, a TV show with them. They need to get rid of that damn liberal bullshit they've been putting on there. Because I don't know what this shit is they've been doing lately. They need to get something on there like them. They put Tim Allen back on TV. Why haven't Tim Allen? I know it's like some show like The Last Man Standing or something, and I, I don't know if that's still on. He said something that pissed off the liberals on Twitter, and I don't know what happened to him. But yeah, had my cousin come in. I'm not going to name names, but I'm just going to say my cousin came into town, and she she recently moved to Portland, so she <laughs> she knows a thing or two about the plight of... Uh, marginalized groups in this country. She'll tell you a thing or two because she's uh, been there for two months and my uncle's been paying her rent for her, so she's an expert on it. I love that. She really uh, really showed it to my mom when uh, my mom accidentally called. Uh, she said, uh, the blacks are up to something at the Christmas dinner. And she gave her the whole what's what then my mom gave her an ipad for christmas and she uh seemed okay with it after that after, she threw it at her at her face after that and called her a uh, fascist she just uh she just needs to watch her language i guess i would have gladly taken that ipad i been fine with me I love uh, people like that, too, though, like uh, these fake activists, you know, and like majority of the time they're they're in the right. Like, I agree with them, you know. I would say politically I'm more left leaning, you know, 
but this whole like fake pretending to be an activist to and I'm not saying anything that's like not been said before. I mean, this isn't original. It's just how I feel about it. I think it's it's just silly these like fake activists will talk about, you know, all these marginalized groups and how uh a big one, you know, is uh cultural appropriation is uh is bad. You know, you shouldn't appropriate black culture. Meanwhile, they're gonna tell you not to appropriate black culture. Meanwhile, they're uh Every weekend, they go to like four weddings where some rich white guy footed the bill. Yeah, you shouldn't appropriate black culture. Oh my God, is that a Migos song on the jukebox? Let's put that on. Yes, queen. I'm a hack. Okay. Never said I wasn't. What a year, though. Well, it's 2018 now, so <laughs> much has happened. I think it's best to let y'all know right here too that uh, this is just a little side thing. I couldn't emphasize that enough. It's just something I'm. I'm just rambling. This is what it's going to be. Just fire off a few things that come to my head. You know, I'm still doing trailer trash obvious this year too. So look out for that. I hope you enjoy this too. I hope it turns into something. That'll be fun. I'm going to have guests on and stuff like that because I clearly can't carry this myself. Saw a uh, trailer for the new Woody Allen movie. <laughs> Boy, uh, it's even getting to where, like, I mean, he get, he's he's gotten away with some fucked up shit, but uh, it does seem slowly but surely um, people are catching on. Because in this new trailer, uh, I guess the only person that will say yes to a starring role in one of his movies now is Jim Belushi. Jim Belushi is the star of the new Woody Allen movie. So you know what's good? I've heard some great stories about Jim Belushi. That guy's a real fucking peach. He's the only guy that'll say, I just like that he's like the only guy that'll say yes to Woody Allen on top of Woody Allen being like, yeah, Belushi will say yeah to this. Belushi, but yeah, I don't care. I basically told a kid with cancer that wanted my autograph to fuck off unless I could fuck his mom or her mom. I'm not sure how that story went. There's a story though that uh, it's in David. I read David Cross's book a while back called "I Drink for a Reason," which is very funny. I'm a big David Cross fan. Um, I'm sure a lot of people are, but uh, he had a chapter about how shitty Jim Belushi is. You should read it though. Basically, David Cross is on the set of a movie. Um, this is way way back in the day when Jim Belushi was like at his peak, and David Cross is like doing a bit part on it or something, and. Um, one of the extra ladies had a kid that had leukemia or cancer or something. And um, she asked David Cross if uh, he could get Jim Belushi's autograph for her kid because uh, she was <laughs> the kid's a big Jim Belushi fan, which even David Cross pointed out. He's like, that's the part of the story you might find some holes in. But he's like, and I assure you that's that's the truth. That's beside the point, though. The kid was a big Jim Belushi fan, and David Cross said he he could ask Jim Belushi for an autograph. And he said he asked him, and he was just really difficult about it, and was like, geez, I thought you were going to get somebody to come suck my dick. 
like, Jesus Christ, man. This is a pathetic fucking, just a gross person. You know what? Speaking of gross people, and I'm I'm, I'm gonna delve into this for a second because uh, I think a lot of people, anybody that's listening to this that's around my age, is aware of what um, dashboard confessional is. And I bring this. I'm not a fan at all. Never really was. I'm aware of them. I could name I could name a few songs by them and how they go. And uh, I, I did this show last night at Saturn, and that was really fun. Um, you know, local local comedian Chris Ivey hosted it, and he, he runs this uh, this thing called Goulash Comedy that puts on a lot of really good stuff in Birmingham. And uh, it was a show called Book Report where we had to write a book report about books we hadn't read and, you know, kind of what we thought about them. And uh, I had set up a slideshow for it, and in the slideshow, to make it funnier, I wanted to add a Dashboard Confessional song to it in the background. And uh, turns out I couldn't get the song onto the slideshow for some reason. I, I don't know why. And so I purchased... So now there's a fucking Dashboard Confessional song on my goddamn phone now that I paid for, that I paid money for, uh, for no reason now. Other than, I guess, maybe one day I'll figure it out. That's beside the point. But um, when I was trying to find the right song for it, uh, I was YouTubing Dashboard Confessional. And I, I never really took into account, because I, I, I don't think about this a lot, but emo was pretty... Emo music and music like that was very big around 2003-2004, and... That was a long time ago now. That's been over a decade ago. So I don't really take into account a lot of those guys then, they were like my age now. So they're in their 40s, maybe late 40s, early 50s possibly now even. And I think the guy's name from Dashboard Confessional, his name's Chris Carabas. And <laughs> so he, like this guy, I feel for this guy. After seeing this, I, I really do feel for this guy now. And, um... I'm going to see, I know it's copyrighted stuff, but I'm going to see if I can get like a little clip of it. I'm going to look for it for a second. But um, I looked on YouTube and Chris Carabas has this uh, this thing he did for like Paste Magazine. And Paste wanted him to sing this song called, um, what is it, uh, Hands Down is the name of it. It was, it was one of their popular songs. It was called Hands Down. And the lyrics are so cringeworthy. I don't know verbatim what they are, but it's just kind of like, oh, your lips are stars, and when they meet mine, they turn into a chasm of electricity. And this night is so insignificant without your illustrious kiss to my lips, and your tongue against mine is just, ugh, so fucking just date-rapey and creepy. As all emo is. But the point I'm getting to, the funny thing, and the reason I feel for this Chris Carabas guy in Dashboard Confessional, is in this video, he's older now. And when you get older, as most people that listen to emo, you you regret that a little bit. You're kind of ashamed of it. It's a stupid thing about growing up. You listen to shitty music, and um, you regret it later on. You realize it's bad music, but none of us that listen to it ever made it we never made that music or got big off of it no, th this is so for this Chris Carabas guy he aged 
and got older and now he's in his like mid to late forties and he still has to make money being a 45 year old man singing, you know, ah, this air against your hair gives me a boner. Basically is the gist of it. It's just that creepy. When you boil it down to what it is. And it's really funny to me. And in this paste video, it shows that he does not want to sing this shit anymore. And he like, there's one part in particular, um, I've got to find this so I can, because uh, <laughs> you've got to hear it. I could sing the part, but he says one line, and like you can see him like literally shaking his head like, oh, you know when you see somebody fuck up when they're playing acoustic guitar, and they're like, oh, oh shit, that's not the right note. He hits the right note, says the right line, but he still shakes his head like that, like, oh, fuck. Oh, I just fucking said that. I wrote that. I wrote that fucking song. But yet, yeah, it's so bad. <laughs> it's the funniest thing I've seen in a long time. But uh, you never really think about that. Like, you know, this is how the guy still got to make money, and he's uh, ashamed of it now. But he, he has to feed his kids, uh, feed himself, feed, bathe, clothe himself. And he has to do it by singing songs uh, that are super date rapey and weird. The whole genre was. I can say this about him as I feel for him. He seems ashamed of it, but, you know, I can give him that. And also, you know, at least he's not that dude from brand new. You haven't heard anything about this guy doing anything inappropriate, so I'll give him that. Yeah, he's like, there. there's a part where he's like, this night is wild. <laughs> he fucking, oh, he whispers the word wild, and that's not even the creepiest thing. That's not even the creepiest lyric. But yeah, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad, baby. Emo. You know, I heard that any time you play a dashboard confessional song, an angel accuses somebody of sexual misconduct. When I hit play on a dashboard confessional song the other day, like, I could just... Like a a ghost appeared in front of me, uh, in front of me, and he, like he was wearing Lucky Brand cologne and a famous Stars and Straps hat, with the front of his Hollister polo shirt tucked in, so you could see his uh, bullet belt buckle he got from PacSun. That was definitely a look around then. I know there were a lot of people that listened to like Brand New and Dashboard Confessional then. That wasn't the look those guys had, but people that some people that listened to them then that were really into it. That was a look. That was a look for them, for sure. For sure, baby. Yeah, definitely not into emo. I got briefly, I'll admit, when I was like 14 or 15, I got into like Taking Back Sunday for maybe a month. That's for real. That's how quick shit like you get into and out of then. It's crazy to think about now that when you're older, time goes by quicker. But back then it moves by so slow, it seems like. That like your phase the phases you're into could just be like maybe just a month of you being a goth or something. But yeah. I had a taking back Sunday shirt very briefly, and I gave that to a I think I gave that to a friend of mine. Cody Marsh, maybe. I think he might have wanted it. 
I know he liked that a little longer than I did. I love that guy though. He's I still keep in touch with him. He's very, very talented drummer and a very sweet guy. He has a baby too that is adorable. Him and my friend Hannah married each other, and nobody wants to hear this. But if you're listening, Cody, your baby's adorable. I love the Instagram videos you you and Hannah post of him. He's he's hilarious. But yeah. Not listening to a lot of emo these days. Really, I really what I'm into now is like, uh, like early to mid to late seventies, just seventies like soft rock, like Todd Rundgren and like Badfinger and stuff like that. If you're into the band Foxygen and you don't like Todd Rundgren, then you're just lying about being into the band Foxygen to be cool or something. I don't know. Todd Rundgren, clearly a huge influence on them. And I love Foxygen. I think they're great. They're one of my favorite new bands, along with like Shannon and the Clams. If you know anything about me, baby, it is that I love Shannon and the Clams. Just fucking amazing. I love Shannon and the Clams so much. Something I do like about soft rock, though, the 70s soft rock, is I'll get on YouTube and look up like a Todd Rundgren or a Bad Finger song. Say, like, no matter what, by Badfinger. And uh, my favorite part of looking that up on YouTube is the YouTube comments. There's literally one, one of my favorite ones I saw on a Todd Rundgren one was, uh, it was the song I Saw the Lot by Todd Rundgren. And it, great song, classic, classic Rundgren, baby. That's a song you play for somebody's mommy. You know, dudes used to be like, yeah, I fucked your mom last night. I'd believe you if you uh, told me that the way you approached it was playing I Saw the Lot on piano at her house to woo her and then go down on her all night. If you told me that you went into my mom's house and she had a piano, first of all, and you played I Saw the Lot and sang it to her and then you ate her out, I'd believe you. I would believe you. You could even tell me after you were joking and be like, nah, you ain't gonna lie to me. I know you did it. And I'm going to shake your hand for eating my mom out. Oh, boy. This is fucking... This is going to come back and bite me in the ass. I can feel it. Yeah, one of my favorite uh, YouTube comments... Though I'm getting sidetracked so much. Forgive me. But one of my favorite YouTube comments... Uh, from It was from a Todd Rundgren uh, video. I saw the lot, as I mentioned a minute ago. And um, I loved it. Because the YouTube comments, it's always these older dudes that are like reminiscing about the past back when the song came out. And they're like, oh, this song reminds me of what, you know, like so and so and a lost love or something. But uh, there was one that was just straight to the point and blunt. It was like, this song reminds me of 1975 and Sherry. Yep, Sherry. Love of my life. Anyway, she's been dead for two years. <laughs> I know that's fucking sad, but it's also like it's just so blunt. But that that's that's a good example of one of my favorite ones. But another great one is um the ones that go into detail about like like nineteen seventy two, the San Fernando Valley. Me and my brother packed the Nova up and left Ohio with nothing but a dream. Yep, when we got there. I remember this Badfinger song, No Matter What, was always on the radio. 
I actually distinctly remember it playing when we picked up a drifter and murdered her and threw her in the woods. Oh, boy. That was a crazy year, guys, when me and my brother murdered that drifter. In fact, I don't even know where my brother is anymore. Like I said, we moved to the San Fernando Valley, which is the capital of porn. He clearly got into that. He was the handsome one. I suspect he was murdered as well. So yeah, comments like that. I want to see more of that. I want to see more of that on YouTube. I hope this is going good. I hope that you guys like this. This because this could, I don't know. This could go either way. There's something real quick I'm gonna do. Actually, I do this thing where I record uh, voice memos on my phone, and uh, just in case I want to do something with them. I had one the other day, uh, and. I'll explain real quick. I had a DUI back in November of 2016, so it's been it's been a while, and uh, I had to go see a CRO officer to pay fines and all this other stuff. And I one day I had just I was at my limit, uh, bullshit that day, and I recorded a voice memo to rant about it basically. So uh, I'm gonna play that real quick, and uh, I'll be right back. I got a DUI in November of 2016. It is now December of 2017. And when you get a DUI, you have a lot of things happen. You get put on probation to pay your fines, which I'm almost done with that. You uh, Now you have an interlock system put on your car, which is a breathalyzer to start your car. If you've had any alcohol, your car won't start, which actually I don't give a fuck about that much. It doesn't bother me that much. And the other thing is you have to go to a court referral office, which is a drug testing facility plus a case manager, basically. You have to see them once a month on top of taking drug tests whenever your color comes up. It's not worth going into that part. But uh, the court referral thing is what could be described as racketeering as far as I see it. It's a giant racket. Um, I should have been done with this six months ago. Um, I missed a drug test because my schedule just wasn't going to let me make it up. Well, I couldn't have got there to do it. I could have passed the drug test. I told them that. I said I can come in the next day. I'm completely free the next day. No, they can't do that. Uh, so instead, I got put in an outpatient program for, you know, heroin junkies and stuff like that where I have to see a counselor twice a week. So that's two other things I shouldn't be doing. Uh, and, I mean, the time is up on this. I should be done with this. I could have hit somebody with my fucking car and not been... The punishment doesn't meet the crime, as far as I'm concerned. Should I have been driving drunk? No, it's fucking irresponsible and dumb. But goddamn, my lesson has been learned. This, this, uh, I don't see... This is doing nothing but this is doing nothing but damage. Like at this point, it's not helping me at this point. It's giving me, I have a stomach ulcer from stress dealing with this. Um, it's affecting my job. I've been written up at this job because of it. I lost a job originally because of this. Uh, I'm not losing this job because of this shit. I'm not doing it. I have health insurance for the first time in almost five years. Again, 
Uh, so, I mean, I'm not giving this job up over some bullshit, you know, like, that I don't deserve. So, I mean, yeah, if, if my advice is if you get a DUI and you have to go through a court referral office, kill yourself and just save yourself the trouble. Commit suicide. Find, you know, do it as painless as you can. I would suggest Googling where to get cyanide tablets or something, you know, something where you can kind of die like it's like you're going to sleep. But do that and save yourself the fucking trouble because uh, this shit is not worth it. It's not. And that's that's my rant for uh, for today. I'm going to my CRO office. Oh, yeah, this too. I'm going to my CRO office right now. I had to leave my job about an hour ago to do this. Um, I called their number to see, make sure they were there. It says they are not there between 12 o'clock and 1 o'clock. So I said, hey, I'm going to leave work at 11 o'clock and get there before noon. I get there and oh boy, they are not there from 11 till 1 because everybody needs a two-hour break, especially when you're a fucking government employee that presses a fucking buttons on a fucking computer all day. You definitely need to take a breather and uh, for a couple of hours, I would say. Definitely requires some rest. So, yeah, I'm doing that. And now I have to go talk to this fucking guy again and hope to God he's there. I'm probably going to fucking lose it on him. Hopefully me recording this voice memo has kind of helped me get the rage out and will help me not strangle this guy to death when I get in there. But, yeah. What is it? You know, what did we cover? Uh, if you get a DUI and, or if you commit any kind of misdemeanor where you have to go through a court referral office, kill yourself and save yourself the pain and trouble and mental anguish and stress and stomach ulcers you're going to get as a result of this. Because if you don't kill yourself immediately, you're just killing yourself slowly like I'm doing. And that's all I have to say about that. Thanks for listening. And yeah. Bye. Thanks. And we are back. Boy, I was an angry, uh, angry guy that day. That's why I'm recording those voice memos is for stuff like that, you know, so I can uh, get the good stuff when I'm really angry and then play it on here, you know. I'll have some I'll have some rants like that more to come probably. But yeah, like I mentioned before, I'll have uh we're, we're going to get better. This is just the first episode. It's really if anything a test run. Um so I can get comfortable with it. You know, I've, God knows I've been putting a lot of time into it and trying to uh learn the mixer and learn how to do this. Just the fact that I'm recording it and have it up is amazing as it is. So uh yeah, I'm going to do that. Have guest, funny guest uh you know, we're just going to talk about stuff gonna play some music from people you know art local musicians that i am you know fond of stuff like that so you guys can uh if there's anybody listening that doesn't live in birmingham y'all will uh y'all learn about them and hopefully become a fan of but yeah i'm gonna wrap up here pretty soon i have uh one more thing i wanted to do which i did on the uh the preview episode but since it is no longer here i'm gonna uh go over my uh top five movies of 2017 
because I love movies, uh, and I'm going to talk about them a lot on here. I'm going to talk about good movies. I'm probably going to watch some shitty ones. I'm going to probably watch some that people think are shitty, like for sure. Uh, a lot of people think the uh, Ernest movies, the Jim Varney Ernest movies are bad. I am a Ernest fan, so I'm going to probably talk about Ernest a lot on here. Uh, I'm definitely going to watch all the ones I have and probably the ones I don't have and review those two with uh, some funny comedians. Uh, but yeah, for now, uh, I'm going to go through my top five. Uh, movies of 2017. First of all, my favorite movie of the year, number one, is uh, a lot of people's favorite, which was Lady Bird. Uh, I love that movie. Uh, didn't have a whole lot of uh, problems with it. Honestly, you got Laurie Metcalf in there. I am, ooh, I am just crazy about Metcalf, baby. That's my girl. I would marry her if I could. I think she's fantastic. I love her in everything she has been in. Uh, highly recommend the show Getting On on HBO if you've never seen that. Lady Bird's just a great movie, and I think uh, I like it so much because it's set in 2002, 2003. Around then, that's when I grew up, and I have an emotional attachment to it, and I can't help that. That's just the way the world is. Um, not a lot of problems with the movie, to be honest. Uh, if I had to pick two things that uh, that I guess I didn't that I had questions about and uh, the authenticity is uh, there's one point in the movie where the titular character is at a high school party and there is a a band there uh, for high school students and they're all these like dark boys as I like to call them. They're like, you know, mysterious fucking cool dudes that play in a band. The thing that is inauthentic to me, this is 2002, 2003. There, this band sounds good for what it is. It sounds like pretty decent, like shoegaze music to me. Um, that's that's not what would fucking happen at a high school party. You know what? We had a we had a, a group of guys that were in a band in high school. Um, and then I, I was friends with, and I, you know, I don't talk to them anymore. But they were all good guys. But guess what? It was a band called Shattered Fucking Harvest. Shattered Harvest was the name of the band. Boy, could you guess what kind of music they made? If you guess Seether demos, you fucking nailed it. You fucking nailed it, baby. You ever heard the band Cold? The band Cold? A lot of co- influence from the band Cold was in Shattered Harvest. That's the type of bands that around then that high school students were playing. They were playing that kind of music. You know, a lot of cold influence, a lot of, uh, I don't even want to say corn, not because it's hack, but just because, like, it was even a little bit past then, past that, people playing music like that. It was new metal, but, like, almost kind of like ass rock, too, at the same time. Let me see if I can, just like, yeah, I, I, I think there's, like, a, a copyright, like, thing where you can, do a certain amount of seconds of a song. Like, this is what they would be playing in that high school band. I could take every fucking word she said. Yeah, that, that's the type of, uh, that's the type of music. That, that was my, only, I mean, that's a stupid nitpick for the movie. It's still great. I do think it would be funny, though, if in the movie Lady Bird, she's at a, a high school party 
and the band just starts playing. I would have laughed my ass off if the band started playing. It was like this. I could take I could take every fucking word she said. Good lord. I think I would be lying if I said I don't miss that, but I don't. I don't. It's bad. But back then, you gotta you gotta be authentic. That would be something I would have done in the movie Lady Bird. But I mean, that's... Given the bad with the good, that's not even that bad, really. It just didn't seem authentic with that. But that's a stupid nitpick. There was also one other thing I didn't get, and it's fine. It's a, it's even smaller nitpick than that. It was um the uh theater teacher that was a priest there. Um, there's a part. This isn't a spoiler, I guess. Um, it's not really at all because I don't I don't even know what happened. But he ends up not being the theater teacher anymore and they get the uh gym coach to be the theater uh teacher which is a whole new thing that's hilarious in the movie is the theater or the high school gym coach being a theater teacher it's just a whole different thing uh but yeah but he quits for some reason the priest that was the theater teacher and like lady bird's mom's talking to him at her job and he's like crying he's a very emotional man and uh, he's crying. He's like, you're not going to tell your daughter, are you? But they don't go into what he's talking about unless I miss something. I very well could have. I'm very stupid. This is called Table for One Dumb Boy after all. And buddy, am I going to live up to that name? But yeah, that, that's the only two nitpicks about that movie. It's a good movie, though. It's my favorite movie of the year. I do love that... Um, you know, it, it goes, when you were in high school, you, there were people that, looking back, were not cool, that you thought were cool then, that maybe asked you to hang out one night, and you do. And sometimes that happens, and you come to the realization that, like, they're, they're not cool, and you're, you are. You're cooler than these people. Like, they're so not cool, and you're so insecure that, that you don't think you're really that cool, but they're so not cool that you realize you're cooler than them. Does that make sense? There's a part in the movie where, where she does that. And I think it's really great, but yeah, I mean, beautiful movie. Greta Gerwig wrote the screenplay, a fantastic screenplay. One of the best I've seen in years. Um, one other thing I would do is probably, If I could, you know, do that. If I could do that. That's my only nitpick. If I could, uh... I'm trying to do this thing. It's very dumb. I guess if I could, uh, take it all back, I would. I could take all right, that wasn't even funny. It didn't even make sense. But yeah, okay, Lady Bird, number one, best of the year. Hands down, love that movie. 
Number two on my list, best movie. Actually, this is a very close second, actually. Number two, close second is Good Time, starring Robert Pattinson, directed by the Safdie brothers. They made a, a movie that is on Netflix that I have not seen yet. I actually was going to watch it earlier before I started recording this. Probably should have, but I didn't. Um, I know it'll be good, though, because these guys made good movies, and people uh, respect their opinion, said it was good. Uh, it's called Heaven Knows What. It's on Netflix. But dear God, this movie is like, it's shot so fucking beautifully. It's like, uh, the soundtrack's done very well. It's like, if you thought the movie Drive looked good, and you loved the soundtrack to the movie Drive, but you thought the movie kind of sucked, let me tell you, good times for you. That's a good movie for you, and you will have a good time. I've watched it three times since uh, last week when I first saw it, and I have... I've enjoyed it every time. It just gets better every time. It's one of those movies. Love, Good Time, starring Robert Pattinson. And we should all give him a fucking break about Twilight. Give the hack Twilight jokes a, a rest. He's a good fucking actor. He makes good choices now. And frankly, he's really fucking smart about it, if you want to get down to it. The motherfucker did all these Twilight movies, made his fucking bones off of it. Now guess what he gets to do? He gets to do whatever the fuck he wants, which is pick really good goddamn scripts. Thank you very much. Our Pat, if you're listening to this, I will fucking ride for you, bro, to the fucking grave. I'm ride or die with this dude. He's fucking great now. Give him a fucking break. Even uh, that Cronenberg movie from a few years back, Cosmopolis, that was good. He was great in that. He was like actually the redeeming quality of it, I would say. He was he he, he killed it. It's no mystery that Cronenberg's sh- peak shit is from the fucking 80s anyway. He's not going to make another video drum. I got The Brood recently on the Criterion Collection of The Brood. Pretty fucking creepy movie. I love that. It's a good Cronenberg wreck from me. The Brood. I will say this. Besides the special effects and the cool head explosion scene and all that shit. Scanners is a little bit overrated. I like it, but I don't know. Does it need a Criterion release? I don't know. Sure, I'll buy it. I mean, it's already out, but I'll buy it. Something else you're going to learn. I'm a Criterion head, baby. I, I collect them Criterions. But yeah, number two, good time. It should get a Criterion, I think. I'd love to see the special features on that. But yeah, number two. Good Time, starring Robert Pattinson, directed by the Safdie Brothers. And I'm sure I'm saying that wrong, but it's the Safdie Brothers, Softy Brothers, whatever. They're fucking great. Loved it. Number three on my favorite movies of 2017, Logan Lucky, baby. Fucking hilarious. Steven Soderbergh, man, uh, he's hit or miss for me, but when he gets a really good script... He fucking, he, he rolls with it. And he did the, uh, he was the director of photography on this, I found out, today, actually. I, I don't know what I was, how I found that out. But he was the goddamn DP on that. And, and the director. That's a hard fucking, that's impressive. That's fucking impressive. I gotta give hats off to him for that. Funny fucking script. Like, it, it, it's one of those movies that's like, um, it's for everyone. It reminds me, you know, movies that are for everyone, that like, uh, People that love, you know, movies can can watch. And then, you know, casual movie viewers, people that watch, you know, kind of popcorn movies like your mom or somebody, you can watch it with your mom and, and she'll like it. 
kind of it's kind of like Oh Brother Where Art Thou was when it came out in that in that sense. Because Oh Brother Where Art Thou Where Art Thou is made by the Cohen Brothers, who you know I don't think it needs to be said uh, are some of the best filmmakers ever, in my opinion, in a lot of people's opinions. It's not not every opinion on this, by the way, doesn't stick out. I, I it's not lost on me that I'm a hack, fucking dipshit, fucking idiot that. Is spewing shit nobody wants to listen to, honestly. Do we need another podcast like this? Probably not. But do I need to stay sane? Absolutely. This is what this does for me. If you don't like it, I don't give a fuck. Keep it to yourself. Or don't. I don't give a shit. Maybe I can roast you or something. Because if you're dumb enough to let me know what you think about it in a negative way, then fuck you anyway. I I welcome it. But yeah, um... Number three, <laughs> uh, number three favorite movie of the year is Logan Lucky, bar none. Fucking the, the, I think it's the funniest screenplay of the year for sure. So Logan Lucky. So now we're at uh, number four. This is a quick one. Kind of goes without saying. It's a lot of people's favorites this year. It's um, the Disaster Artist, starring the Franco brothers, directed by James Franco. This has got a pretty good cast too. You got Nathan Fielder in this, who. Is in it very briefly, but he kills it. I love Nathan Fielder, by the way. If you don't watch Nathan for you, you fucking need to. That's a great show. But I will say this, too. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the Franco Brothers, really. But uh, I like this a lot. I like this movie a whole bunch. That's for darn sure. You're darn tootin' I like this one. I don't have much to say about it other than, um, you know... I like movies about making movies, uh, like Ed Wood and American movies, stuff like that. I'm a fan of that stuff, and uh, this is one of those movies like that, and uh, it just interests me, and it's about Tommy Wiseau, who I found to be a very interesting person before this was made, and um, I found out about him from, uh, I actually found out about Tommy Wiseau, I think, from uh, the episode of Tim and Eric Awesome Show that he directed. Which was a great episode and a great idea for an episode of that show. It's already, you know, a great show. But yeah, sorry, I've had something pop up. I'm going to get sidetracked on this sometimes. This is a self-produced podcast that I'm doing on my own and trying to stay sane. So yeah, number four, The Disaster Artist. Directed by James Franco. I think... uh what was the guy's name? Greg Sestero. He was a uh, who Dave Franco played. That was a uh, Mark in the room. Both did a really good job, though. But I think Greg Sestero wrote the Disaster Artist, the book. If I'm not mistaken. So yeah, that's number four. Number five. Don't really even need to say much about it because it's kind of like it's on everybody's fucking list. But I mean, it is a good movie. And I will say this too, I'm not a big Edgar Wright fan, honestly. I'm I, Shaun of the Dead, when it came out, I was a big fan of. Um, over time, it kind of waned a little bit, my my appreciation for it. Kind of like Fight Club is a good example of one of those like that. I still like Fight Club all right. I love how it shot, but it, it my how cool I thought it was and stuff like that has changed significantly since high school. But, uh, Baby Driver is fucking great. And I don't need to get into the Kevin Spacey shit either. Uh, in fact, and I'm not even blowing smoke up your ass, 
I'm not trying to say this to sound like I'm a fucking good person or anything. Um, because I was a fan of Kevin Spacey. Um, I don't know how this this whole thing is going to reflect how I look at his movies. That's a whole different thing. But as far as Baby Driver goes, he was not even close to the best part of this movie for me. Uh, I think you could have cast any other person that, you know, is a on the level of Kevin Spacey, which, you know, he's great as an actor, not a good... <laughs> don't, uh, let's not, uh take that out of fucking context Kevin Spacey is great I said it right here he's a great guy no definitely fucking not obviously he is a great actor not a good guy as a lot of people are as we have found out a lot in the past year or two but yeah Baby Driver though fucking great the soundtrack's awesome the fucking movie starts out with the John Spencer Blues Explosion, uh, Bell Bottoms. I got to see him play that fucking live, guys. A lot of people, uh, you know, he's kind of a cult, cult following, you know, John Spencer. I've seen that fucker live. I saw him play at Bottle Tree. 2013, baby. He played Bell Bottoms and he played um, a cover of She's On It by the Beastie Boys, which was pretty great. Pretty fucking great. Front row for John Spencer. I got some pictures of that on my phone, actually, I should put up. That was a fun fucking show. I miss Bottle Tree, too. Love that place. But yeah, that's my top five. We'll start from uh, my least favorite to my favorite. Number five, Baby Driver. Board of Disaster Artist. Three, Logan Lucky. Two, Good Time. Which, whew. If it weren't for Lady Bird hitting me in the heartstrings, that would be number one. But yeah, number one was Lady Bird. Good year of fucking movies, though. 2017, Jesus, I couldn't even keep... And I haven't even seen The Shape of Water or anything like that, either. There's a lot of stuff I hadn't seen. But yeah. I think that'll do it for this episode, though. I hope you liked it. We're nearly at an hour. I hope you liked it. I hope this turns into something. Next next episode, I'm going to have a guest on. And we're going we're gonna to talk about some stuff. Uh, but for now... Let's see. I'm gonna uh hmm. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm going to play a song by a local band of my friends called Hurl Yeah. They're really great. So I'm gonna play this song by them. It's called Key Lime Pie by Hurl Yeah. Local Birmingham greats, baby. Check it out and I hope you like it, guys, and thank you for listening. This is Key Lime Pie by Hurl Yeah.
Cause sometimes I'm stupid